previously on Creek Chat. All the whole Creek crew comes back for that one, for the funeral. Bodie and Betsy are back in business. Back in the bedroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bedroom. Because this is what I was talking about, the wedding bells and shit. Like, are they back on? Like, who knows? And then... Joe answering her cell phone, cell phone, cell phone, cell phone. I think this uh, grim phone message thing is a little much. Suck it up, you weirdos. Jack, you go... It's pretty great. Jack, you go join that frat. I don't even give a fuck. You feel good there? Just go get drunk with your bros and play video games and, like, learn how to cheat on tests and stuff. Yeah, he's definitely a bro and should be joining this frat. Jack and Toby are still dating in a long-term relationship, but how long will that last is to be seen. Michael, Murray, Chad, Charlie. Yeah, That's Charlie Michael Murray. And Charlie Michael Murray. And Charlie Michael Murray. What's up with that, Charlie Michael Murray? You don't have to wait, cause every Monday we are back with a new episode of the show Crew Chat. Here's our host, his name is JT, with guest Chucky B. Oh my god, this is Creek Chat and it's finally happening. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades Presents Creek Chat. I'm your host, JT Chump the Dump Money. And with me, the most humble guest on the planet Earth, nay, in the universe at large. Hey, it's me, it's me, it's the most humble guest you'll ever get on this podcast. Ever. And I also happen to be Chucky Inconvenient Ice Cream Banner. Of course, referring to the catalyst for Mitch's untimely demise. Although Pacey reveals at one point that some other dude actually swerved and hit him. So was it like a combo swerve? Did that other dude drop some ice cream too, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. But we definitely saw Mitch drop ice cream and then try to retrieve it. Well, that was in the last three-pack. Yes, yes. And then this three-pack is all about Mitch. The first episode specifically, before we head into Chuck's predictions for the long goodbye, I just want to make sure that everyone out there listening to this episode is well aware of how much we here at Creek Chat love you. LOL. Lots of love. In real time, peek behind the curtain here. In real time, it's been a while since we've recorded Life has happened. Oh, yes. Yeah, life has happened as it's tended to do throughout the year 2020. Uh, and it seems that 2021 isn't going to be much smoother. But it's been about a month or so since we've sat down to do this thing. And uh, it feels weird and good to be back. Yes, sir. You know that's right. We all know that's right. Let's see if you were right about your predictions here for episode four. The, Probably. The long goodbye. Okay, so this is definitely the Mitch You Dead episode. So there's going to be the return of Mitch on screen in the form of memories. Maybe callbacks to the previous four seasons. Ding, ding, ding on the callback to the memories for sure. I think there were four or five people that had them. Boom. Yeah, those were popping. The whole college crew is going to come back to Creekside. And it's going to be a whole new life on the creek for one episode before they go back to college, potentially. Again, the whole Creek crew does come back. Yup, killing it. The actual breakdown of the long goodbye. As Dawson takes on the responsibility of holding the family together following his dad's death, his friends look for ways they can help ease the pain. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess. Mostly. I, I think just like, you know, 
It could have been summed up with, uh, Mitch died, stuff happened. Okay, well, that's not very descriptive, though. They kind of gave us a little more, which I appreciate. And keep in mind that this was a one-sentence breakdown. If you listen back to some older episodes, there were, like, five or six-sentence breakdowns. Oh, paragraphs? They yes. went longer than run-on paragraphs. It was wild. <laughs> so let's get to your predictions for episode five, Use Your Disillusion. I feel like this is going to be a Dawson-heavy episode with the internal strife being whether to go back to L.A. or move to Boston. I think they'll end up going to Boston because it's closer to home, especially now for his mom, who is now raising a baby by herself, and at least he can be an hour away instead of like a plane ride away. I don't know about school necessarily. Maybe he'll try and transfer for the spring, so maybe he'll go back to Cape Side for a while. I guess it makes more sense if he moves back home with dropping out it took me all of that (laughs) to get to the right answer but you know what that's still a full count and then we boom smash a fucking home run over the fucking fence see but here's the thing about it we still don't really know what dawson's doing at this point he hasn't fully committed to staying in boston or cape side or going back to la At, at the end of this this six these six episodes it's in the air ultimately so i can't give you credit yeah, for a, a home run are, i guess Th- and that's the thing except like, for mitch mitch is in the ground uh, that is yes that has come down out of the air it has landed not just on the ground but in it here's the break yeah yeah here's the breakdown the real one joey anxiously prepares for a visit from dawson while jack is forced to choose between his fraternity brothers and toby See, and here's what, here's the deal. In your predictions for episode six, high anxiety, and we have the all predictions apply to all three episodes rule, you really go more in depth on some other things that will apply specifically regarding Jack and Toby. But you had an awful lot to say about (laughs) this, like a lot. So dear readers, dear readers, dear listeners, I'm going to be the reader here. Bear with me while I... Read back to you Chuck's words in the most poetic way I possibly can. I'm going to do something I don't normally do. I'm going to have a totally different prediction for this episode as opposed to the last episode. In the last episode, I think Dawson moves back to Cape Side to stay with Mom. In this episode, nah, anxiety, high anxiety. He decides, I got to go back to school. I got to go back to L.A. I got to give it a shot. So he goes back to L.A. and he's got high anxiety because he's also got guilt that he left his mom alone with double L and no Mitch to be helping fucking raise double L, you know, to be the baddest mofo she can be. And it's just, you know, there's a lot of hangs anxiety he's having from that plus joe's got this anxiety because she's trying to figure out if she loves pacey or dawson or school or professor wilder or what i feel like there's got to be some sort of tension between dawson and joey because that's just the show also i feel like jack's got some high anxiety because toby's just like dude i know that grams thinks otherwise but your frat bros are not your bros they're just trying to fill the quota and they just want their little gay guy in here and you're acting too much like a bro and jack's like dude i'm not acting i am a bro i just happen to like guys bro my name is jack i'm getting jacked i like bros you're my bro what's up bro and toby's like you're saying bro too much i gotta get the fuck out of here (laughs) and jen's got anxiety because charlie michael murray is just like hey girl we need to fuck all the time and she's like i'm done but we also need to get like your eyes fixed and figure out this relationship more because all you want to do is fuck and he's all like yeah because i'm a nerd and i don't meet chicks like you they're all lame 
Pacey's got anxiety because he's trying to make his truffle ravioli bomb ass shit. And all of his coworkers are like, hey, little bitch boy, you don't deserve to be here. Put your hat on. And he's all like, I don't like hats. They all have high anxiety because it's an anxious moment in their life. Oh, my God. I especially love the, the Jack and Toby bit, bro. That I... <laughs> That was good. Oh, that was so funny. Here's the real breakdown. It's much more brief. While in Boston, to see a psychiatrist about his anxiety attacks, Dawson finds his friends' lives are in turmoil, too. I mean, kind of. I mean, we basically said the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Lots of high anxiety. (laughs) Lots of high anxiety. Oh, my God. So, we kick off on the long goodbye with this really happy couple running through Cape Side, trying to eat the freshest, freshest fish on the seaboard. <laughs> um, yeah, at the O'Leary's Fresh Fish and Film Studio. Uh, yeah, not, no more, not, no more friends and family allowed because no, they're mourning a death. We can add another F now. It's the O'Leary's Fresh Fish and Funeral Parlor. Like it. Well, the point is they're closed right now because obviously the people who run the place are deep in grief and mourning. Deep. Deep. Like six feet deep. (laughs) So we see Dawson at the funeral home and he's talking to the the funeral home director and he's picking out the coffin that they're going to put six feet deep with Mitch's lifeless body in it. And like this dude's asking how Dawson's doing, how Gail is doing. And like Gail's crying a lot. Like you would expect and dawson dawson is just like i don't really know how to answer that and everyone gets uncomfortable when i try to he's like yeah but you must get that all the time (laughs) and the funeral director's kind of like yeah i get it all the time you're here picking out a coffin and i this is probably the seventh coffin i've sold today i think there's a lot of dead people in cape side (laughs) so this is when we find out the news gets to pacey because joey shows up and she's like bro mitch is dead and I, you should come to Cape Side with me. And yeah, and then Pacey's like, "Whoa, I mean, should I? Yeah, I probably should." Well, yeah, she very quickly, like when he's like, "I don't know, do you think he'd really want me there?" She just starts going like, "You idiot!" Basically, and he's like, "Oh, just give me five minutes. I'll be right back out. Let's go." Which definitely the right call. And then for comes like the first uh, Mitch reenactment scene, like the memory. Well, first we find out that we got Jack, Jen, and Grams are staying over at the B&B with Bessie. And we see, because it's not often that you get a reminder that Jack had an older brother who died. His dead ghost brother, Tim. Oh, yeah. I remember all about the dead ghost brother, Tim. But they don't bring him up an awful lot. You know what I mean? At this point, like, have they... He hangs out with that with that dead ghost bitch, uh, Abby. Have they even mentioned Adney once this season? And she's still alive. Who? Andy. Andy? No, no. I thought you said like a twist between Abby and Andy, and I was like, what? Uh, we, I might have if we go back and listen to the tape. Andy? My point is this. It's not often you get a reminder that Tim existed, but Jen's talking to Jack here, and he's talking from that perspective of like, there's nothing you can say that's going to help anyway, so don't overthink it. Like, Just be there for him. And Jen's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll try that. I'll try that. And yet Joey overthinks it super hard for, like, multiple episodes. Oh, it's the entire, it's the whole focus of this, at least the first two episodes, like, very, very heavily the focus. The third episode is Dawson's reaction to 
prefer overthinking it, basically. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves there. And this is when we do cut to that first... We go to Dawson, he has that first memory flashback you were talking about. Yeah, so it's like the memory flashback. It's like uh, something from... I don't know how old he was. They said it or they mentioned it. His 12th birthday. Yeah, and so he gets like a sweet camera set up. And it's his character now, but at like 12 years old, reacting like he's 12 years old with Mitch. And it's a, it's a pretty cool scene. Gives you like an the idea, you know, they're all thinking about him and everything like that. Plus, it's a good way to send Mitch out. With I think it, I, I think the way they did this episode was really really good. The 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 memories everyone kind of experiencing a moment they had with them when they were younger was a really cool way, like you're saying, to send him off in a way that didn't feel as abrupt as if it just would have been that car crash from the end of the last episode. Like if he wouldn't have been in this episode, it would have felt really weird. Yeah, um, and then there's like a a pretty sweet quote from mitch where he's like let the things you love be your escape yep and then joey shows up (laughs) that's just like that's sweet and it's nice but it doesn't really mean anything (laughs) i mean it means something sure it can it's just it's a sentimental it makes me want to fucking puke (laughs) that's an overstatement but joey pops up either way and ruins this moment she's like oh you were smiling and he's like oh i didn't realize it but thanks for fucking ruining my memories no, it's not quite that tense yet. But she's so on edge about everything that she comments on this suit that he's holding, just saying, oh, that's, that looks nice. You'll look good in that later. And he's like, oh, it's not mine. I'm bringing it to the funeral home. Uh, my dad's going to be buried in it. He's like, nah, this is what Mitch is wearing to his uh, death day. Like, I understand why she'd feel bad about that, but that's not something that she could have known or should feel bad about saying like it well and even dawson says that which he doesn't fucking mean because he's insane i think here he does mean that i think he it's hard to really know because in my mind the way i saw it with dawson it was like the pressure cooker he kind of describes later and it all builds up to the explosion right here we're still kind of simmering and it's not about her anyway it's just about everything you can tell from his whole demeanor especially throughout this episode as we go he doesn't want to talk about this with anybody especially not anyone that he knows so joey trying to constantly be there what can i do for you what do you need like up in his shit and then on top of it she's uh like beating herself up over it too because he's not responding in the way that she expects him to respond. And because she's being weird, because he's being what he is, he's getting annoyed by it. Like, it all just kind of builds up on itself. Like, it was actually really interesting writing from them, especially for these two characters. And especially the way it doesn't even really blow up at the third episode. Like, it kind of just simmers back down to normal. Yeah. But way ahead of ourselves there. So we go to the actual like burial and we get a really interesting line from grams where she's saying to dawson that her and the lord are not on speaking terms this week and it's like oh shit oh yeah grams is getting sassy with god she's all like i'm taking a break and then we cut to the next mitch flashback which is joey looking at the ladder being put up to window dawson's window for the first time yeah because like mitch is like girl you're gonna fall and break your neck if you keep climbing this goddamn trellis 
Yeah, but then he does the weird thing, which is say, one day Dawson will figure out how he feels about you. It just might take longer than you want. I'm like, oh, so you are letting a young girl who you know has feelings for your son go into his room and you are certain he's going to figure out he's got feelings for her too. And like, this is just fine. Like, I get the impulse. I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, but also it seems really weird to do. You're basically just setting them up to bone. I guess. They still haven't yet no, until you, this point. You're, you're right, so I guess it didn't matter whether you put the fucking ladder up or not, but I think Mitch envisioned it playing out in a totally different way than it did. Oh, yeah. And then he got angry about it, and it, uh... I guess it didn't really affect his death because he died going for that inconvenient ice cream. <laughs> so, Jen finally comes up to Dawson in the kitchen there, and I think she does handle her approaching him the best of almost anyone because at first they kind of joke about getting fucked up like drinking or doing drugs or whatever and yeah she makes him smile right and then she's like listen i don't know what to say so i'm just gonna hug you and i'm not gonna let go and he's like that sounds great let's do that and then boom it's all good like she doesn't overthink it which i guess she is in a position where she doesn't have to overthink it. i understand why joey's overthinking it although she's really overthinking it yeah, but Jen doesn't. Jen doesn't have those layers of pressure to worry about. She's just concerned because she doesn't. She, I don't know. It's got to be a hard spot to be in. Do you know what I mean? To have to be there to comfort someone like that. But she does well. So Joey then goes into Gail's room, and they both make like an interesting observation of yeah, the fact that Dawson's holding it together is worrying the fuck out of me right now. Yeah, and they, they both know room. Dawson is not like that. Yeah, he doesn't keep his shit together. We have seen very little evidence that Dawson Leary knows how to keep his shit together. Yeah. We get a nice little moment here where we don't cut to a Mitch flashback, but it's Dawson and Pacey talking about him. And he caught them smoking cigarettes in like sixth grade. And I was like, I can't picture Dawson Leary smoking a cigarette. No, no, not at all. Pacey? Sure. Why not? Well, and then there's the point where Dawson, like... I don't remember who he's talking to. He's talking to someone, and then the phone rings, and oh, they let it go to... He's talking to, like, Gail's college friend, someone he doesn't even know. And she comes up to him, and she's like, how are you handling your grief? How are you channeling your feelings about this? Like, needling about how he's dealing with this shit. Like, but, days bitch, I don't that. even know you. And yeah, so he's already, again, like we said, he's already on edge, and he's getting assaulted verbally by this woman he doesn't know. Then the phone rings. And the fucking goes to voicemail. And who is on voicemail? Uh, no other than Mitch. So Dawson can't figure out how to turn the answering machine off. So he just rips that motherfucker out of the wall. Oh, yeah. And then breaks it over his knee. And he says, fuck this shit. I'm going home. And he goes upstairs. But before he goes upstairs, he drop kicks that woman who was getting in his face. Oh, and then stunned her. Stone Cold Steve Austin style. Then he slammed two beers together and poured them down his throat and then chucked Said, hell yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then they cut the commercial. It was perfect. (laughs) But Joey goes and finds him down at the end of the dock. And it ends up basically turning into a situation where he's like, yeah, this is pretty much my fault. Because if I wouldn't have come back home, he wouldn't have needed to make that trip and he wouldn't have died. So that's where Dawson's at. And Joey's like, no, no, it was because he was reaching for ice cream. But Dawson's like, nah, man, my dad was right. I was acting like a spoiled brat. And if it wouldn't have been that way, if I wouldn't have been so spoiled that I drank all the milk, 
that he had to go to the market to get milk and also deadly ice cream. <laughs> he would have maybe instead been driving me to the airport. And my thought process was, well, yeah, then both you'd be dead because he would fucking he would drop some ice cream and fucking still be like, dude, I need to get that scoop of ice cream. Watch your knee. I'm gonna go down and grab it. Why wouldn't Dawson? Dawson's like, Dad, I could just grab the ice cream for you. And he's like, No, no, no. I got this. I got this. I got this. And then Gary still shows up and fucking smashes into him after working a double 12 hour shift. Yeah, it's 24 hours. I don't know if that's what he actually worked in the explanation that Pacey did give. Oh, we're going to get there. Uh, well, so Grams comes up to Gail, and like, she's been real good with the Learys like talking to Dawson earlier too uh now she's talking to Gail and basically he's like yo girl listen until you start feeling better like that's what you can abuse prescription drugs for don't worry about it I'm a former nurse I got the hookup I'll write you some scripts and like you can get stoned as hell me and you girl I'll come back y'all stay in Cape Side Gail and Graham's doing drugs i'll watch that show well those two gail's like nah man i can't be doing drugs all the time you can go back to boston i'm gonna stay here me dawson and lily we're gonna hold it down well the whole thing starts to wind down then and joey comes up and dawson's in his room she's like bro you need anything and he's like i just want to be left alone and he very pretty much that's his exact tone too he's like just basically leave me alone he's like bitch i need some me time so she rolls out. It was very mean of him. I'm not going to judge a man who's fucking grieving from the sudden loss of his father like that, though. No, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, not mean. a good timing. Go just go away. Like, honestly, I've been there. I know. Like, just go away. <laughs> like, it's not hard to respect someone who's grieving, especially, like, what, a couple days after? I don't think yeah. being left alone is a too big of a thing to ask especially from a person who usually and i'm not talking for myself here i'm talking for dawson who usually doesn't like being left alone he stays pretty involved as long as people aren't pissed at him or he's not pissed at them yeah i would say that's a reasonable assertion look at the beach buds man they got real tight oh super tight they even had their own nickname beach buds exactly well so we move into pacey and joey here at the b&b and pacey's joking about like i want to die some way that makes people smile and laugh and i'm like this is a weird conversation because do we die did we pass the gale reenactment no okay maybe i just didn't write any of this pacey stuff down no i i just you you do that at least once an episode where you're like, what is that? Do we pass that thing? Like, do you think I'm gonna skip over the Gale memory when we brought up the memories as being a big thing from the outset? Because my notes go grabs a Gale and then straight to Gale reenacting Mitch memory. No, but what I want to point out here is the maturity and civility of the relationship relationship between Pacey and Joey because. Pacey is just kind of talking to her and he's like, I just can't figure out why on earth he would want to drop out of film school and come back here. And just a look from Joey and Pacey figures out it's about her. But he's, and he's like, ah, oh, I get it. He's like, and you know what? I think that's fine. You guys deserve your shot because you never really had one. And I'm like, but that's how you handle that shit. You don't make it weird. You don't make it awkward. You just go, okay. Because Pacey's clearly moved on. He's got this thing for this Karen at work that he's super interested in. Like... 
which we'll get more but into that. Also, oh, we'll get more into that later. He also suspects something else a little more nefarious. Oh, he, he knows something else more nefarious. But okay, now we're at that Gale memory. I just wanted to point that out. Now we're at the Gale memory. Yeah, I just wrote down Gale memory. I don't really remember. Oh my god! It oh much. my god! So you made it a point to be like we skipped the Gale memory, and you didn't even have anything to say about it. <laughs> oh, just that I kind of. I mean, like I remember. Oh no no no! Yeah 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 yeah. Mitch is building the crib. For Dawson. And he's like, I hope our son is a freak because freaks don't peak in high school. And I'm like, Mitch, did you actually know any freaks? Because I know a lot of freaks who probably peaked in high school. That's not true. Maybe. <laughs> Depends on what you're I don't know. Depends on what you're I don't know. Who peaked peak in high is. school? I don't even know, man. I mean, Depends I would have to care enough to know, right? That's and ex- I don't fucking care. That's exactly I care more it. about watching Dawson's Creek and talking about the fucking kids on the creek okay. and whether or not they're going back to Boston or L.A. or anything else in between. And the fabulous Audrey. Oh, we're going to get to Audrey. We got no Audrey, really. I mean, we get Audrey at the end of this episode, but it's not a whole lot. But we get enough of her coming up, which is good. Yes, the fabulous Audrey. But no, so Dawson comes in and breaks into the memory. And basically, they talk about their feelings. And Dawson's like, man, I can just be here for you because I'm just feeling numb right now. Like, it's cool. I don't feel anything. And Gail's like, oh, that's fine until all this shit comes crashing down on your head, dude, because you can't feel numb forever. And he's yeah. just kind of like brushes it off. He's like, nah, He's man. all like, well... I mean, until then, I guess. Fuck it, right? Okay, then Pacey pulls up. And Pacey does a fucking thing that, like, the ball's on this guy. Well, first he has his memory of of Mitch. When he pulls up, he looks at the flower bed, and it's Mitch teaching him how to drive. Yeah. And Pacey lied and said something. I assume it was a lie, saying that his dad had to work or something. It's possible he did. I'm sure he did. He's a cop. Right? That was the whole thing, is that Mitch was like, yeah, your dad's busy as the sheriff, so it's like, cool. And Pacey's just like, yeah, I still wish he was around more. And that's when Mitch is like, if you ever need anyone to teach you how to drive, just come knock on my door. Basically saying, if you ever need anything. Come and knock on my door. Do, 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 do. So, this is just that sweet moment. And then Pacey comes up, grabs Dawson, they go for a ride, and he takes him to the spot where Mitch reached for the ice cream and ended his life. Yeah, I, I wrote down that Pacey unorthodoxly yeah. shows Dawson it was Gary Ridgway who killed Mitch and that he was murdered. Uh, his name was Gary Peters. <laughs> I was close. <laughs> no, I, Gary Ridgway was a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, that's why he killed Mitch. Uh, no, but sure. <laughs> Pacey's like, listen, my whole point is this. Don't blame it on yourself. There are two culprits here. Gary Ridgeway and a scoop of fucking <laughs> ice cream. Yeah, and a scoop of fucking mint chocolate chip ice cream. But he already had ice cream that you pointed out still available to eat. At least one scoop. And you know what? Even if he didn't have at least one, two scoops left in there, whatever he had left, even if it was just a cone, hadn't been on the floor of his fucking car. <laughs> I'm never yeah, gonna get what over is he it. Thinking, yo, you want to eat this floor ice cream? It's pretty fucking good. It only tastes a little bit like the fucking floor of my passenger seat. Like they have to know how ridiculous writing that was. Like Mitch, generally a smart man who made smart decisions, wants to eat floor ice cream <laughs> instead of live. Yeah, it's not like he dropped it in his kitchen, right? He's a driving. It dropped it in what I assume is the passenger floor. Yep. I guarantee it was the passenger floor. Otherwise, why was he reaching so far? But, all right, either way, at the end of the day, the ultimate lesson we've learned here is it's not Dawson's fault. 
that Mitch is Yeah, doing. and that Pacey's there for him. And Goss- Dawson just kind of looks uncomfortable, which is understandable. It's like, we should leave. And they leave. But he doesn't get, like, mad about it. He doesn't make a scene on top of it. You no. can just tell he doesn't want to be there, which I totally get that one. Get the yeah. fuck out of there. Um, so then we now we get some Audrey. Now we get the glorious Audrey and, and Joey's there and, like, breaking down because... Dawson doesn't want to see her and be around her or whatever. And that's I wrote really... down that Audrey has this necklace with an A on it. And I love that necklace. I I I love it especially because I feel like she's the sort of person that would have that necklace. And I do assume that it was actually given to her as a gift. But I love it. I love I love the character. I didn't realize that you were going to have a new portion of the show called Jewelry Chat. Since when do you pay attention to jewelry so much? I'm interested to know what drew you to that necklace, Chuck. I just noticed it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then we get a really fucked up situation where it's Dawson and Gail eating, and they run out of milk, and Gail's like, hey, we're out of milk. Can you go get... Oh, shit. <laughs> And, like, just loses her mind. Yeah, and she's probably freaking out and thinking that she killed Mitch by telling him to go get fucking milk. No. When Gail, really, Gail's it's the ice cream's fault. Get, well, it's still dairy either way. Milk or ice cream, dairy was big dairies out to get Mitch. Dairy Ridgeway. <laughs> dairy Ridgeway? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's the best fucking shit I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, shit. I love it. But Dawson's still keeping his shit together. He's like, don't worry, Mom. I'll go get that milk. So he leaves and he goes. And the dude behind the counter is like, hey, Sonny, uh, sorry to hear about your dad. He was here the night that he died. Yeah, like, no shit. He bought the fucking ice cream from you, I'm sure. And he's like, yeah, he said that you were a royal pain in the ass. Like, okay, that's real nice of you to say to me right now. He was also like, yeah, but he was proud of you, too. Because his whole face lit up when he talked about you. Like, ooh, your daddy loved you so much. And that's what finally gets Dawson a break when he goes, sits down in his Jeep in the parking lot. And he starts crying. Yeah, he starts crying and... he drops his ice cream in the passenger seat, and he doesn't even reach for it. He just continues to cry. i just like to point out that this parking lot also once had a serial killer in it. And not not, yep. not Derry Ridgeway. It was, um, what was his name? Like the Valentine's Day murderer or some shit? Yeah, it was like... The Lonely Hearts Killer. Scott Hansen or something. Yes, the Lonely Hearts Killer, Scott Hansen. He cut out teenage girls' hearts. That's something they wrote into this show. No, Scott Hansen's from something it's else. It's definitely not Scott Hansen. It was like Burt Renfield. <laughs> Darius <laughs> Philbert. Definitely it wasn't Darius. <laughs> no, I know it wasn't. It was like Tony Baloney. George McNamara. Why do I know that name? I don't know. It's definitely a real person. Felicity Huffman. <laughs> Felicity? <laughs> yes. Yes, it was Felicity Beyonce Jones. Okay, so it ends up that Audrey drags Joey out of their room. Jack and Jen are walking around together. They meet up with Audrey and Joey. They go to Pacey's restaurant, and they all sit down, and they have themselves a nice little night together. Grams is looking at photo albums and feeling, you know, sentimental about her past. And Dawson's still crying in the Jeep. 
for a while. And then there's the Mitch family picture. Yeah, they do the final little memory flashback where we see the final family photo of the Learys, I'm assuming. Learys fresh fish and final family photos. Before the funeral. Learys fresh fish and final family photos before the funeral. Boom. Boom. Served. So he takes the picture, everyone else goes inside, and the last thing we see of Mitch is him just kind of looking around his yard, smiling. You can tell he's totally appreciated and loving the life that he had. He is so happy. The ha- Generally, Mitch was a pretty happy character. Generally. But yeah, that he'd never been happier in his whole life. No, yeah. I mean, it got his wife back. A new baby. Fucking, an old son. You don't think about Bob anymore. Hurricane Bob is no more. No, yeah. He knocked him out with the double L punch. <laughs> that- he's like, bam, biggity bam. We got Lily Leary now, motherfucker. Coming to avenge you. So that's all I had to say about that Avenge episode. Me. Yeah. Next, we're going to use your disillusion. Which opens up with Dawson approaching Gail with a big hairball from the tub and just like putting it in her face. And Gail's freaking out. She's like, ah, tarantulas. You should go to Boston to see <laughs> Joey and your friends. And Dawson's like, yeah, I don't know about all that. And just kind of stares at the phone. And she's like, yeah, you should definitely go. That girl keeps calling here. You need to get the fuck out of here and give me some peace. Yeah, but he's still not really into that. So we cut over to Worthington where Joey's still jogging because she's become jogging Joey. Oh, but she's also jogging with Audrey. For the first time. The best secondary character. Right now or of the show? My favorite. Uh, uh, throughout the show oh damn after just at this point five episodes she's fantastic every like every time she's on the screen i love everything she's doing i'm not going to disagree with you i think she's a great i think they knew that they needed a character like this for the show to progress because everyone else i think it's the same reason why pacey's kind of doing what he's doing now because if they all just kept doing the same bullshit it was gonna get old she basically took over the drew shenanigans without the cruel intentions in history like she's a fresh if anything she is the center of the cruel intentions from her mother oh yeah we're gonna talk about that oh we'll get there right now they're talking about like how joey's planning this itinerary for dawson coming out and like keeping it low-key and all that and audrey's like yeah low-key usually isn't this planned out you really need to calm the fuck down but joey's still in her head and she's like i don't think i'm enough for dawson Kind of like Jen uh, isn't enough for uh, Charlie Michael Murray. Before we cut to that, we have the interesting development of Professor Wilder coming up and being like, Joey, this author died or this author's husband died and left her shit to the university. I'm putting together a team to read through the shit. You're on the team. There's a party. I need a super team of super nerds to do some reading. So come to my party tomorrow night. Meet the team and... We're going to give Buck Wild at Professor Wilder's. And she's like, can't. I'm laying low key with my grieving friend Dawson. And dude's like, you should still think about coming. Don't worry about it. Throwing down. And now we get Charlie Michael Murray. Well, yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's being a little shady. Oh, well, because Jen's got to go to this play like as a class requirement. And he's like, she's like, you want to come with? And he's like, I can't. I got to work. She's like, oh, okay, cool. And he's also like, Shakespeare's boring. And you could tell like Jen is bothered by that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, he's not even smart enough to get fucking contacts. This wasn't going to last. Oh, we find out how much of it. I got so many things to say about what develops 
with Charlie Michael Murray, especially over the next episode. So I'm going to hold on to the ammo. Let's jump over to what also turns out to be a very interesting development, and that's the Pacey-Danny relationship going on. Because they're bonding in the back right now, not working. Yeah, they're not working. They're bonding. They're playing some sort of, like, quarter, shoot it, bounce it game. They're playing quarter. It's the same game that Gretchen played with Dawson. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just bounce it into the cup. This quarter bouncing game. Karen comes in and she's like, yeah, you lazy ass motherfuckers. And Pacey can't get a quarter in and she comes in and just fucking nails one. But then the interesting thing happens because Danny's like, yo, Pacey, when am I going to see this boat you keep talking about, dog? And Pacey's like, whenever you want to see it, man. He's like, shit, I'll even lend it to you. And Danny's like, oh, well, uh, can I take it tonight? That's not how it went down. Danny was like, how about you lend it to me? Oh, well, yeah, I mean, roughly everything like that happens. Well, Pacey kind of seemed reluctant at first, but then Danny's like, yeah, but I'll give you the night off. And Pacey's immediately like, you're in. I'm definitely taking that deal. Yeah, and he turned yeah. he turned like into a hillbilly for some reason. I don't know why. So we cut out of the restaurant, and now we're over with Jack chilling with his other bros. bros. Yeah, yeah, the pledge bros. bros. And po- Toby just pops in. You Boom. can tell Jack had Toby, no idea. He's all like, hey, what up? It's me. I'm Toby. So he introduces him to his boys. And then they roll out of there. And like Jack's explaining to him about the whole hazing thing. And I'm like, okay. Are these writers trying to convince me that Toby didn't know what hazing to get into a frat was? He was a high school gay rights activist. Yeah. And he then on top of it, was. like... You'd think that he'd understand, too, because, like, Jack's like, dude, you came on the worst possible week. Well, he doesn't quite say it like that here. He's very, in the beginning, he's trying to be as accommodating as possible. He's like, yeah, you came during hell week. Like, I just don't have a lot of time. But here's what I'll tell you. I've only got one thing to do tomorrow, early in the morning. I'm going to knock it out, and then we're going to meet, and we'll spend the whole day chilling around Boston, doing the damn thing. I can give you tomorrow. And Toby's like, hell yeah, dog. Let's let's go bang in Boston. And we're thinking that's going to be all good. So we cut over to Joey's room where she's scrubbing down and cleaning. Dawson shows up. I think it's just what I love about Audrey because she immediately bounces and she's like, hi, gorgeous. Bye, gorgeous. Like she's yeah. immediately just like, she's like, I'm in this group. I'm going to like put myself in this group and all of them. And Joey shows in the next episode that like she is part of the group. But Audrey just kind of like fit her way in there and they all liked her from the beginning they all were like she's a very likable character right and they again they give you more about who she is in the next episode it's big but here she rolls out and dawson and joey have this really awkward moment like where joey can't even talk about enjoying what's good about her school life because she feels like talking about something good is gonna be awkward for dawson yeah she feels guilty about like having fun and feeling good about something when Dawson is experience like is just trying to like get through this experience. What Dawson wants is for everyone. I'm just going to use her right now because it's the instance. But he just wants everyone, or in this case, her to tell him about what's going on. Tell him about the fact that she's on this team for this fucking research thing. Yeah, he tell wants about- information to take shit off his mind. Exactly. What's going on in your life? You know what's going on in my life. Don't ask me how I'm doing. You know how I'm doing. If I'm starting to feel better, you'll probably see that in my demeanor. But like, just you, as a rule of thumb, just assume I'm not doing great right now. And then the first thing she does is she gives him that book. Oh my god, yeah. And then it's like, I am going to jump ahead on this one just because I don't really feel like it makes too much sense to say later. But she... 
like she says later, she's like, yeah, I gave him the book and he just like, you know, it just didn't seem like it would go well. And she's like, yeah, I just didn't think I would say anything right. And she's like, so I wrote an inscription. It's like, why wouldn't you just say, hey, I wrote this down. I'm just going to read it because I don't want to fuck it up. Like, this is what I think. Um, This is more of a symbol for like, hey, if you need anything, let me know. Again, like... I just think it was... it. Seemed like she should know not to do that because it almost seemed like it was in bad taste with like, but it was in like, I don't agree with that. I don't think it was in bad taste. It's only in bad taste if she had bad intentions. Her intentions here were as good as possible. Well, That's what I was saying. Like she had the greatest of intentions. She's thinking about this and she even said it when she gave him the book. Like, I wish someone would have given this to me when my mom died. So she's viewing it through the lens of someone who lost their mom when she was, what, 11 or 12? Yeah. Well, Dawson's like 18 now. So what he needs is going to be different than what an 11 or 12 year old needed. Yeah. So that book, and again, we can tell just from how Dawson's been, that's not what he wants. To read that book and have someone give him generic bullshit like that that he doesn't want to hear anyway like if anything it's just going to make him more angry to read that book i would and agree I'm with guessing, that i'm guessing because they don't really say but i'm guessing he didn't even bother to open it up and see that there oh was yeah i highly doubt he would open it up and thumb it um so then we, we cut out of that because like well they end up settling on watching movies instead of doing anything and it's just a weird awkward moment then we cut to jen on the phone with pacey and getting him to go to the play with her tonight and immediately i'm like yes hell yes i love when jen and pacey hang out like it's always a good pairing of people um which plays out here uh but then toby shows up and jen's like i thought you were meeting jack somewhere so he's like i thought i was too but he wasn't there i thought he'd be back here yeah yeah and uh back a couple like scenes ago would dawson and joey thing it kind of seemed to me like i noted it there that dawson seems like there's something off between him and joey where it's not like it's not like he to me it was almost like he's not uh like into her and then we find out as the episodes in the three pack progress what happens but well my take on it is this and it was from the beginning of it since she's so in her head about how she's acting, she's not acting naturally, and he can sense that, and he just doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, he can tell that yeah. she's trying to act away instead of just being herself, and he wants her to fucking stop doing it. But he can't just be like, Joey, stop acting like that, because he knows how that's gonna go. So he just kind of sits there and takes it until he snaps, essentially. Uh, or, in this case, gets hammered. But So, but... So with the Toby, I just want to point out here that Toby's like very understanding about this thing, but Jen is pissed. Jen is already like, Jack is being a real dickhead lately, and I don't like it very much, which is something we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, but between those two, they they both kind of have valid points. And that's the thing about the argument later. The difference, though, Jack is acting very. Smug might not be the right word, but it's kind of what it feels like. He's feeling very. I think he's just finally. I think he's finally just able to be more of himself, so he's becoming more comfortable and just embracing it. But that doesn't mean he needs to treat the people that came up with him 
the way that he treats them, especially when him and Jen have that conversation later where we'll we'll get to it and I'll, we'll we'll go further down that trail. I, see, I feel like he's been pretty good for the most part. For the most part, but there are definitely the, he again, he doesn't have to act the way that he's acting is all I'm saying. Not that he's been terrible, but to treat Jen and talk to Jen the way that he talked to her, I think, is very way more disrespectful than it needed to be. I you think he was just trying all... to push the point that she hasn't really been making the time. Like, at least that we have seen. Like, she hasn't been since she started, you know, fucking Charlie Michael Murray. Like, But her point is this, though, that she didn't just break someone's heart and act like it doesn't fucking matter. Regardless of whether it was the right thing or not, that's not what I'm arguing. He just, like, devastated Toby, and he knows that he did, and he's not even missing a beat. He doesn't give a shit. And that's what bothers her. It's like he doesn't care at all. When she knows the Jack that she knows would care about that, at least more than he's showing here. Yeah, maybe he's internalizing it. We don't know. Maybe we'll see that in the next three-pack. Um, I, But I, that's where I'm saying, like, I get what you're saying, and I don't think Jack's being a bad guy right now, but I get where Jen's coming from. I also feel like she could be projecting some of that anger because she just saw what she thought could have been her boyfriend. Not yet. Not kissing a chick. That happens. I think right there. Right. When we're not there yet, we jumped ahead a little bit, but I want to jump back to, where we're back in a moment with Joey and Dawson watching a movie and there's a car crash in it. Oh, and yeah. Joey, Joey loses her fucking mind and Dawson's like, again, don't worry about it. You couldn't have fucking known. Like, it's not your fault that that was in this movie. Yeah, if you, we just continue to watch the movie, it'll go to the next scene. But then she says... Unless the movie's called Car Wreck. <laughs> well, I think there's one called Crash where people get off on car crashes. So that would be awkward. But then Joey makes a comment like, well, Audrey was right. Maybe we should have gone out. And Dawson's like, let's go out. So they head out to Wilder's party. And you know that's going to be a bad idea. Because even before they leave, he's already like huffing and sighing about things. Like, Dawson, you just want to go to sleep. Just lay down, man. You're fucking, you're depressed. Yeah, you don't want to do anything, Dawson. So now we cut to Jack and Toby at dinner where they're having a very couple-like dinner. Are you going to act like that all night? Don't act all girlfriendy and all this shit. Like, And then Toby's like, dude, I'm not getting a cell phone. I don't want to get brain tumors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brain. I remember when that was a thing. But he'll wear contacts, but, unlike Charlie Michael Murray. But then Toby, or Jack gets a call, and Toby's like, all right, you can go do this pledge thing. And Jack's like, I'll see you in 30 minutes. So I'm like, that's not going to happen. We cut to Jen and Pacey at the play, which is basically her telling him that the play is about a man who's convinced his wife is cheating on him. Wait, did we skip over? Yeah, they're walking. Her and Pacey are walking. There it is. And they looked inside of a, like a restaurant or whatever, and... Uh, they saw Charlie, Charlie Michael Murray talking to some chick, and Jen's freaking out, thinking it's some other... Because, like, he's supposed to be at work, or at least that's what he told her. And so, like, she's going to go in there and fucking break it up or whatever, and Pacey's like, no, 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 you got to, like, like you got to, like, stand your ground right now, and then you got leverage later. And she's like, nah, fuck that. And she goes in there, and she dumps ice cream in his lap, and then she storms off. 
And then, like, Charlie Michael Murray's like, nah, dude, that was my sister, and she's getting engaged. Oh, my favorite part about that was that when Charlie's like, yeah, this is my sister, Pacey is just dying in the background, just laughing it up. But now it makes me think, was that really his sister, or is that just some other chick that he was fucking I'm going to guess because of the actual engagement ring that was on her finger, that that was his sister, but he also has been two-timing her the whole time. It just didn't happen to be with this woman. Yeah. This one was his sister. I guess that makes sense. Um, So Dawson and Joey, well, so that's what, again, where she breaks down with Othello is, and they storm out, she storms out of the theater to go have that encounter with him. Like, that's like the second or third time they've used the Shakespeare play as, like, a plot device in the show. Even if this oh, one yeah, was they pretty love minor. Shakespeare. Well, Dawson and Joey get to the party, and immediately, as soon as they walk in, you can tell Dawson is not comfortable at all. And he's like, I gotta go to the kitchen right now. And Joey's like, do you want me to come with you? And he's like, yeah, do you want to hold my hand? <laughs> oh, so right before that, uh, Jack is with his bros, and they're just talking, and... That's when he gets like a call or something like that from, or no, he didn't get a call from Toby. This He's is talking right, about this Toby. This is right after that. And yeah, and his bros are all like, yeah, dude, that sounds just like what my girlfriend would do. And so like, it's just. Dump the it, chump it's nice and move gives, on like, with your life. It gives, Gives Jack like uh like I well the way I looked at it at the at the time was like oh this is nice it gives Jack like an outlet to talk to his bros and they can all kind of relate just see I right, know but here's here's the difference though this is not a matter of relating it starts out as a matter of relating then it turns into them convincing him that Toby showed up to check up on him and to be like weird and nefarious and that he should break up with him basically like I don't necessarily think that he bought that i think that he just came to grips with i think he what, bought i think it. it's that he comes to grips with he's like i am not like like you are not my top priority like you might be one of my top priorities but i don't even think that was true though and i don't blame him and that's where again why i don't think jack is necessarily wrong this is not a good time to be having a long distance relationship it's not smart or healthy and it's not like it's Jack's first real relationship, really. So what is he going to get ready to settle down and be with Toby forever? Yeah, that's just not smart or practical. Yeah, he even says he's like, dude, you're here for like two days. He's like, I'm here for four years. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but I this is important. Like, I have to have a fucking social life and get out and meet people and everything like that and not worry about it. Like, it just this is bad timing. And then it turns out to be more than that. So before that, we're back at the party, and Dawson's having a panic attack in the kitchen, and he's talking. Someone's some girl in there is trying to talk to him, but he's like, "Is it hot in here? Can you open a window? Oh my god, I'm freaking out. Can I have some water?" And then he just takes off, and he grabs Joe. Oh and he's yeah, like, I gotta leave. And she's like, "Well, let me introduce you." He's like, "No, I gotta go." And he runs out. So then outside, he tells her about another time that he had like a similar sort of panic attack thing, and. He just doesn't understand how this can be happening. He just wants to go back to the dorms now. So, like, Dawson is clearly not doing well right now. No, yeah. He's definitely been having panic attacks. And he definitely should be going to see somebody. And so, right before, again, the Jack and Toby conversation we covered there, Jen and Charlie are talking. And she's, like, so apologetic. I'll do your laundry for a month. And he's, like, oh, it's a start, but you have to start to trust me. And it appears that they're all good. And it's just, like, motherfucking Charlie, you scumbag son of a bitch. We don't know it yet, but I knew it already. Like, I know how this fucking plays out. Um, 
But before that, so earlier when her and Jen and Pacey were walking around, he was talking about how great Danny was and how great of a mentor he is and how, like, this might be a great career path for him, something that's going to work for him or whatever. And this is when Emily, and that's Danny's wife, comes into the restaurant. And she's looking for Danny, and she's talking to Pacey, and she's looking under the weather. And Pacey's like, oh, yeah, it looks like you must have had a really good night last night. And she's like, oh, yeah, if staying home and, like, going through two boxes of Kleenex is a great night, then sure. And you can tell immediately. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But he doesn't yeah. say anything. Like, he keeps it cool because ain't no sense in revealing any hands right now. But she was there to drop off his wallet or something, and then she takes off. So now Pacey's on the spot. Like, I just helped my boss cheat on his wife, and I don't fuck with that kind of shit. And he comes in later, and he's like, yeah, my wife had a great time on the boat last night. And Pacey's like, god damn it, but he doesn't say anything again still. He's just like, what am I going to do? Because I'm in such a good spot compared to where I have been. And now this shit's going on. I'm conflicted. Because I know if I say something, I'm out of here. Yeah. He's not going to compromise himself for me if I'm making a scene here. Which, I mean, we all know what the right call is. But obviously most people don't make the right call. Which is why we've got the beautiful culture that we have. But we'll see. Because we don't really get a resolution on if Pacey's going to do anything about this by the end of this three-pack. Before Dawson leaves, he leaves the book behind on Joey's bed. And doesn't take it with him. Yep. He's just like, nope, fuck this book. I do not want this shit. I do not need to bring this home. I do not have room for it. And so later, like, her, Joey and Audrey are talking. And Joey's like, I feel relieved that he's gone. Like, the pressure I was putting on myself, the way that we were interacting with each other, like, it was just too much to fucking handle. Like, I feel good, and I feel bad that I feel good. And Audrey's like, it's not a bad thing, man. You're just being honest. But Joey still feels guilty about it. Um, and so Audrey, like, reads the inscription in the book and everything. And it's just basically Joey saying what she said to Dawson a million times. I love you. I'll be there for you forever. And blah, blah, blah. It felt like a really weak voiceover ending for the episode. Which is why I'm doing it before I'm done talking about the whole episode because I just didn't really like it. it. Didn't have any impact on me. Like I know all of this. Yeah, it was. It it really contradicts what she had said earlier. She's like, ah, I'm just gonna stumble over it and not be able to say what I mean and blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, it's the simplest thing that you've said a million fucking times. So that's why we were gonna move on from that, and we see Toby for what. We all, you know, for all you know, it could be the last time we see Toby. Who knows, maybe Toby comes back in the mix. But him and Jen, the origin of that relationship, because remember, it was Jen who forced Jack to go to the Gay Straight Alliance and to go to the bowling alley and to do all these things. I would say this is the last of Toby we are going to see. Well, he says to Jen, I really thought he was going to come before I left, but he didn't. And Jen was like, yeah, no, I didn't think so, so... Sorry, Toby. See you later. She's like, yeah, Toby, he became a bro. So she's in and she's she's packing up a cash basket to bring over to Charlie, I'm assuming. Um, and Jack comes in and he's wearing his jacket and he's like, I did it. I'm officially a brother. 
And Jen's like, congratulations, you officially suck. And this is where they have that conversation we were talking about earlier. About like, well, you're spending too much time with your frat bros. Well, you're spending too much time with Charlie and Michael Murray. But so this is when Jack says to her, and this is it's the, more the tone of it than it is anything else that I think is what was so shitty about it. The way he handled it. Like, I want to meet new people and have new experiences and not have to worry about hurting anyone in the process. Which is basically saying, I want to do whatever I want to do and not face any consequences for it. Which is unrealistic. But again, it's also I the way that he said it. it. Like, <clears throat> the way I looked at it was, I don't... Like, I want to be able to have the experience of this and not have to worry about being in a long distance relationship not, with Toby. But you're skipping over what the main point I was getting to was, and that's when she says, well, maybe you should have told him that, and he says, I'm telling you that. S- implying that it's not about Toby. He's saying to her, I want to have these experiences and not want to have to worry about hurting you. And I'm like, that's cold as shit. That's, exa- that's what he just said to her blatantly. I'm telling yeah. you that I want to do this. And it's the way that he says I it know. to her. I get it, but at the same time, like, yeah, I guess it was a little cold. That's, and again, I don't fault him for feeling that way. It's the way that he handled it and the way that he said it, especially to Jen. It's Jen and Jack, man. It's the best friends. You can't, you can't fuck around like that. Yeah, well, and that's why I was like, you know what? If this is the first time that they've had, like, an issue, then I, I think, like, they can be considered kind of lucky. It's not the first time they've had an issue. They've, they had that big rift after Andy took the ecstasy from Jen. Because they've been... Yeah, but that didn't last very long. It went on for a couple of episodes, which was long enough. No, I just, I guess I don't remember it. Well, so we end this. She takes the cash basket over to Charlie's. But before she can get there, she spies around the corner, Charlie making out with someone who's clearly not his sister because they're making out. Or and shouldn't be she says, sister. unless it's uh, some sort of salacious deals going on in their family. I think that's what she said. So that's where we leave off there in my mind is that. And Jen's not, you know, Jen's not going to abide by that shit. Like, that's not going to go over for her at all. And now we move on to episode six. High anxiety. And Dawson's at the, the doctor, his normal doctor, who's like, all your blood work and shit is normal. You're all good. Um, and then Dawson describes his panic attack and dude's like, okay, yeah, uh, that might be how you're dealing with this shit. So let me refer you to this doctor in Boston, set up an appointment for you. And Dawson's like a shrink. I'm not going to go to a shrink. I don't need any old doctor to shrink my head. And, uh, he's like, yeah, well, I'm prescribing you a therapist session. Go there. They're the best. Uh, go to Boston, see your friends, see the shrink. Do it. Do it. So we cut from there, and it's what shows that Audrey, even though coming in as a secondary character, is almost being treated as a first-string character, because the first thing we come at when we come back from the credits in the beginning is a storyline about Audrey's mom coming into town, and her relationship with her mom, and how it's not going to be any fun, and she's going to have no self-esteem, because her mom is a piece of shit, and she was like, I just can't believe that. "Well, We'll see. We'll see, Joey. But, like, it's really putting a lot of heavy work on Audrey's character for a secondary character in their sixth episode. But she carries it well. Like, the character is just a really well-done character. And 
Bi- yeah, Busy yeah. Phillips is a fucking great actress too. I like her a lot. And then uh, Jen's talking to Pacey about the cheater Charlie Michael Murray, and inadvertently finds the necklace of another cheater that Pacey yes. quickly scoops up, and it's like, "Whoop, let me get that." And she's like, "Oh, what Wild Night or something?" He's like, "Yeah, something like that." It's a long story. So Pacey goes into the restaurant. Well, actually, before all that happens. Pacey tells her, you can get mad about all this shit, which you clearly have been, or you can get even. So we got a little yep. a little revenge plot cooking, potentially. So Pacey heads over to the restaurant. He sits down to eat some fucking chowder, and Danny comes up with the paycheck. Pacey gives him the necklace. Danny snatches that shit up real quick. He's like, gotta hide, real gotta hide that, but doesn't really say anything. But Danny's like, yo, can I, um, can I get that boat again tonight, dog? And Pacey's like, I don't think so. I'm throwing a party later. Can't help you. And then uh, that chick is all like, oh, yeah, did you hear that, everybody? Pacey's throwing a party. Because people, I mean, maybe this is true. I don't know. I've never lived in a place that was like right on these docks like this. But Dawson's Creek has led me to believe that people just throw parties on piers all the time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's got a yacht that he's throwing the party into, partially. It just spills off the yacht. So we get Dawson chilling at home in the quiet, like, walking around he finally picks up the phone he calls joey and he's like hey i might be in town this weekend but i'm probably also just gonna crash over with jack and jen so don't worry about it and they both seem pretty weird about that why even call joey though and let her know i guess just so the courtesy so she doesn't find out through the grapevine that he came out there and didn't well, say anything and then he said it probably part of that and he's like hey and i'll give you a call when i get into town too like I, I feel like again it's dawson anticipating what might be an issue for joey although i don't think this would have been an issue for joey um especially she's gonna give him a lot of leeway right now just because of the spot that he's in but basically just like yeah if she finds out that i came to boston i stayed at jack and jen's i didn't tell her anything about it she might be upset by that so whatever he calls her up and he says i'll call you when i come into town and neither of them seem into it like you can tell neither of them really want to hang out with each other they're just going through the motions of what they think they yeah. should be doing and now he is in boston he's in the waiting room at the doctor's office and he is nervous as fuck anxious as hell about the whole thing and just splits he's like yeah fuck that and then jack's like hey bro you want to go down to the frat house and meet the bros bro oh yeah because dawson's like you know what i will do he goes over to jack and jen's and like they didn't know he was coming and he even says to jen he's like you think grams of mine if i just crash here so he just kind of showed up knowing he'd have a place to crash no matter what but yeah uh, but jen's like looking well i mean he was either because when he called joey joey's like oh do you need a place to stay right well, so Jen's about to leave, and Dawson's like, oh, you're looking uh, smoking for someone who's going to do nothing right now. And Jack kind of, like, mocks her. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do nothing right now after she leaves. And that's when he's like, bro, I'm gonna get drunk, going to get drunk with my bros, bro. Let's go get drunk, bro. I think that's what you could really use right now is some beer, bro. And Dawson's like, you know what? That does sound good, Jack. And he's like, call me bro, bro. That's right, bro. Let's get Jack, bro. So then we meet Audrey's mom in the dorm room. Saying that Joey's got a cute figure and did she ever do any modeling, but also that Audrey looks like she's probably put on like five pounds at least, so she should not do that. And then she's like, I'm gonna go, we're gonna go to dinner right now too, and Joey, you'll come with. And Joey's like, nah, I don't think I wanna do that. But Audrey grabs her, pulls her to the bathroom, was like, You need to come with me. I need a buffer. Yeah, he's like, You are coming with. Yeah, I need a buffer. I'm not gonna survive this. And Joey's like, Alright, I got you. We'll do it. Um, but before we get to that hot mess, 
Jen shows up at Charlie's room, barges in, and she's like, I gotta get this sweater out of your closet, and goes to get her sweater, which he says isn't there, but then the other girl bursts out of the closet, and is like, who are you? Jen's like, I'm Charlie's girlfriend, and she's like, I'm Charlie's girlfriend, or maybe it was the other way around. I mean, they both said they were both each other, both Charlie's girlfriend. I got a question right now. If the girl in the closet is Charlie's girlfriend, thinks that she's... Why is she hiding in the closet? In what universe would she willingly get into it? Like, what did he say to her to get into that closet and hide? Who did he say was knocking at that door? Yeah, I, I don't know. Why would she get in that closet if she thought that she was his girlfriend and the only girlfriend? Maybe his mom? <sighs> Maybe. That Yes, that'd be the only thing I could imagine, but it made no sense to me. But it doesn't really matter, because we see how that plays out in a little bit here. We see what plays out with Dawson at the frat house, and that's him getting fucking plastered. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Joe calls Dawson, but he like is like, nah, man, I, I need to hang out with my bros, so he doesn't even answer. Well, she needed to get up and walk away from that dinner, because Audrey's mom is being a real piece of shit to Audrey, and Joey just can't, oh, yeah. she can't take it anymore. Like, she's criticizing what kind of sauce she ordered for her meal, and if she's been working out, and criticizes the way she talks, and Joey's like... I gotta walk away or I'm gonna say something. And I'd like to be around. Like, like- I'm gonna snap on this fucking old broad if I fucking sit here for three seconds more. So we're gonna talk about what happens with Jen, Charlie, and I don't remember what the other girlfriend's name is. Don't know if they said. They sit down on the bed and Charlie's like, oh, I didn't mean for any of this to happen. And we never discussed commitment. And this is college. You know all this shit. And like he's trying to angle for a three-way, right? But the girls are like, okay, here's the deal. Stand up. And now you're going to get naked. And you're going to do it all before we take anything off of ourselves. Because we hold all the cards here. Because you fucked with us. Yeah. So get naked. Get naked. So he get, gets naked. And they're like. Close your eyes, dog. Just close them up. And, he- and like they spin them around in a circle and like work them towards the fucking doorway. And like they just push them out of the door and fucking seemingly lock it from the inside. And he's out in the doorway with no fuck, like completely fucking buck ass naked. And they're just like, all right, peace, bitch. We're done. And they roll the fuck out of there. It's so funny. So back at the dinner with Audrey and Joey. We find out that Audrey's mom had had a modeling career when she was younger and it just started to maybe kind of do movies when she found out she was pregnant with Audrey and that's what ended her career. So they're painting her as that stereotypical stage mom who had to give up their career early for whatever reason is trying to live vicariously through their child. And just yeah, and kind of just like being like, oh, yeah, I blame you for for my shortcomings. But then she straight up does an awful thing. And this is what puts Joey over the edge. She's because like, she was talking about how she got kicked out of all these schools. Audrey had been and Audrey's like, stop it. You're, yeah. you're embarrassing me. And her mom's like, oh, that's not embarrassing. Embarrassing is when you shell out a six figure donation to a school to get her daughter in. That's an embarrassment. And I'm like, damn, like that's. Yeah. A hell of a thing to do and a cold thing to throw in someone's face. Like, especially in front of, to, to Audrey's mom, a stranger. 
to just embarrass her like that. But my feeling is she would have said that in front of anyone. That's what Joey goes. Basically, fuck you, bitch. Your daughter is way better than you are as a human being. And we're getting the fuck out of here to go get drunk. So suck my dick. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty great. (laughs) She's just like, she's like, oh, yeah, let's. uh," She's like, I think there's a party. Why don't we just go to that? And so they roll out and they get there and Audrey and Pacey are talking and Joey comes up and she's like, what are you guys doing? And Pacey's like, oh, your roommate's hitting on me. And like, there's a clear like sexual, I mean, again, I think Pacey and Audrey are both kind of people that are kind of flirtatious with everyone anyway. That's their characters. So you stick those two together and that's just what's going to happen. Especially in a party. Um, but that's when Dawson rolls up. Drunk as fuck. Uh, is that when he also uh, drunkenly blames Joey? It's like, oh, yeah, you know, like, don't worry. Like, uh, oh, hey, shit, I forgot to call you back. Uh, let me call you right now and I'll leave you a message. And he's like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, I had to go get drunk because I was uh, angry that you killed my father. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, I might have gone back to L.A. without you leaving that drunk message for me. And maybe if I had gone back to L.A., my dad wouldn't be dead. So thanks for leaving that message. This was a great message that I left. (laughs) And you can tell, but here's the thing, and this is what I really appreciate about it, though, is they don't treat this like Dawson and Joey would have used to treat this. Because Joey's understanding of the situation and never gets mad at him about it. Like, Pacey says in, like, the next morning, he's like, listen, you are going to forgive, or Joey's going to forgive you quicker than you're going to forgive yourself about what you said last night. So, don't beat yourself up too bad about it, because she understands. But Pacey... Yeah, because Pacey is there for Dawson in the morning, and... Well, he... Dawson's like, did I say something really bad to Joey? And Pacey's like, oh, yeah. Well, then fucking awful. The night before, too, like Pacey pulled Jack aside right after they got there. And he was like, yeah, I didn't think the plan was to get Dawson hammered. I don't think that's what he needs right now to help himself. And Jack was like, yeah, I thought the whole idea was to just make him feel feel better no matter what. And again, I get that instinct, but Jack has seen Dawson drunk before. He knows it never goes well. He knows that that was not a good call, but he's in bro mode right now, so getting drunk is the answer. I mean, once you go bro, I don't know. It's hard not to be a bro. You could have just left it at once you go bro. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So the next morning, Audrey's mom is leaving. And she says a really fucked up thing. She says, the only reason I say some of the things I say to you is out of love. Do you know how much I love you? Like, yes, excuse me for abusing you. It's loving abuse. I call you a fat bitch because I love you to death. Yeah, that's a little weird, right? But then Audrey's like, well, you know what was missing from that whole speech is a fucking apology. So uh, we need to be better to each other. And her mom's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, her mom's never going to be better to her. That bitch is flawed to the core. Oh, uh, and this is where I also wrote. I love, uh, I love Audrey. She's fantastic, and she's the anti Abby. That's a really good way of looking at her because the energy she brings to the show. Well, it's the reason why, because you called her like the new Drew. Even her family life too. Like her mom's a complete fucking bitch, and Abby is. Abby's mom was like really nice and caring Super and everything sweet. like that. Super sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Drew and Abby come from the same cloth, but Audrey is her own shining example of a good secondary character without any, so far, weird motives that we find out about later. 
She goes back in the room, though, and she's like, Joey, it meant a whole lot to me that you stood up for me and you made me feel good about myself. And it's a hard thing to make me do. So, like, thank you for being a part of this whole thing. And and she was like, she's like, you know, that was the first time I even felt like I was part of the group. She's like, I, I didn't. She's like, you invited me. I didn't like have to invite myself. Yeah, you dragged me to a party that your friend was throwing without me forcing myself in. And that's the first time that's happened, which... I didn't really realize, but thinking back on it, Audrey has every time just inserted herself from what we've seen. Yeah. Or just dragged Joey out. Like, no, I'm taking you. Let's go. But Audrey's in now, man. Six episodes. She's in the crew. She she takes the spot of Andy to round things out to a six again. Yep. So Dawson's at Jack and Jen's in the morning real early. He runs into Jen. And he's like, man, what are you doing up so early? You didn't come out last night. Uh, and she's like, yeah, I wasn't feeling festive. I was too busy. Oh, hold on. We skipped over a whole section. Um, Where Pacey puts together that uh, Danny's fucking the waitress. No, 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 no. We're not there yet. But when Jen was leaving Charlie Michael Murray's, her and the girl are talking outside. Yeah, I mean. No, but, the, but I think the, it's interesting because it's a weird thing to put it. Because I don't. And here's the thing. I don't remember if she comes back into play. But it's a weird scene to write. I would assume she doesn't. But, but, that, but explain to me, though, what's the point of having a scene in there where they talk afterwards and invite her to the party and say, we'll hang out later. If it's something you're never going to follow up on. Like, why would you even put that in the show? I wrote it down, but I feel like it's a throwaway character i'm not gonna but if they wouldn't have included that last scene where it was like we should hang out sometime i would agree with you i feel like it's just a filler to show that those two were in on it and it wasn't just a, a fly of the fly like a flying off the seat of their pants plan you right don't there. have to say anything about potentially hanging out in the future you can still have a conversation where it's like hey cool thanks awesome great it just feels weird i'm not saying she does come back i just think it's really stupid to have in there any mention of the hanging out at all if they're not going to when you don't have to have it i feel like it's a common pleasantry what what other point on this show has that ever happened i'm not necessarily saying in this show i just thinking like i'm not that's not what i'm talking about i'm not talking about in life obviously that's true i'm talking about in the writing of the show what's the sense well i feel like that's actually better writing than what the show is used to having because no. it made it more realistic it's better writing if the show is trying to be realistic it's not trying to be a realistic show so it's stupid being realistic doesn't make it better if that's not what the show is the, the tone of mitch just <sighs> died reaching for ice cream from the passenger side we're gonna talk about fucking realism here hey i mean someone could do it right someone does everything but just because one person out of seven billion does something doesn't mean that it's a common occurrence. I'm not saying that that was a common occurrence. I'm just saying, right? I'm just saying, it seems that as time has gone on, I get more nitpicky about the tiny bullshit in this show that I used to be forgiving of. And you're just sitting over there going, who gives a shit, man? Like I used to do. Well, at this point, I kind of feel like I don't even know what her name is. So why do I fucking care about You this don't character? know what anyone's name is. I know who Charlie Michael Murray is. This, what, I know who Pacey is. What's the waitress's I know who name? Audrey is. What's the waitress's name? Huh? What's the waitress's name? We've heard it a lot of times. A lot of times. Waitress? That's what I write down. Yeah. So, so don't talk to me about knowing someone's names. We've Becky. We Karen. We've known her Karen, for I was close. We've known her for more episodes than the extra girlfriend and you don't know her name. So that doesn't mean anything that you don't know. I don't The whose girlfriend? The extra girlfriend. 
Charlie Michael Murray's extra girlfriend. Oh, yeah, 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 the extra girlfriend. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Let's cut back to what you brought up, and that's Pacey seeing Karen wearing the necklace he found on his boat and going, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the girl I've got a crush on sleeping with my boss who is cheating on his wife on my boat. This is a sticky situation for me to be in. Just make it unsticky for yourself and be like, hey, I am uncomfortable knowing something, up, like knowing that you're not taking your wife on your boat. Like, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say I know who you're banging, but... Once Pacey acknowledges what's going on there, the fear is that Danny's going to go, well, if you've put this together and you know that I'm lying, I can't have you working for me anymore. That's the fear. I'm sure from Pacey's end. And that's a that's a fucking legitimate fear. I guess so. But you're 18, 19 years old. You can get another job somewhere. But he's learned to have his heart set on this fucking chef thing over the last couple episodes, though, like it seems like. And he's gotten in here. It's one of those, if I can stick it out for long enough and get what I need, can I just ignore this bad thing? Again, this is a very real world issue. I don't know, man. Go back to the sea. Go back to the sea. Maybe he doesn't want to go back to the sea. He's enjoying being on land with his friends again. I don't know. He's always going to be. The sea's always going to be calling him. I don't think he'll ever want to be the kind of person who just disappears on the sea for three months at a time anymore, though, because he a lot of that was escaping and running away from his problems. But it seems like he's trying to get better at facing his problems. And this storyline right here is a good test of that. Will he just own up and face up to this problem that's been created by Danny cheating on his fucking wife? And we'll see. So Joey and Dawson are finally together at the end of this episode walking around. And she's like, don't worry about last night. Like, I know you were drunk. It's not a big deal. And Dawson ends up coming clean to her about why he was there and going to the shrink and leaving and, and all that. And he just doesn't know why he flaked out or whatever. He doesn't understand what's going on anymore. And then he's like, can I tell you something that might make you sad, Joey? And I'm like, that's a bad way to start any part of a conversation, Dawson. Why would you say that? So he talks about, like, all I wanted to do was kiss you when I came back from L.A., but now Mitch is dead, and I don't know if I'll ever feel that way again. I don't know how to get back there. And then Joey kisses him. She's like, I'll daydream for both of us. Blah, 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 blah. They hug. Then he stares at her really creepily for, like, ten seconds, and then he gets on his plane. And that's the end of the episode. So what I thought about the end of this episode was I thought in my mind that Cape Side was a smaller town. They've established pretty well that it's way bigger than we think it is. Yeah. I mean, it's got a, like a, I don't know. It seems like there's going to be a big train station there. Well, if you think about where we're from without naming names, think about the closest big town to where we grew up, which and I mean the literal closest, it had a train station. Yeah. All of them around us did. That's true. Ours didn't because we were the tiniest just... little village. But if Cape Side is a town of 25,000 people, that's pretty big. Yeah, that's true. I guess I didn't think about it like that. It just, in my mind, it's either like a town like ours or a metropolis. So what's interesting and what kind of leads to that, because I think about it kind of the same way too, and when they kind of reveal that it's bigger, it always I think I've, we've even talked about this before, how many people we think are in the town. But most of the people we deal with live in a rural area, even of that bigger town. They're on a creek, kind of out in the woods. So it doesn't feel like they're in a big city. It does feel like they're kind of further out. But then you see people like the McPhees and where they're living at. And it's clear yeah. that there's a lot more going on there. So let's get to the uh, Chuck Banner's 
overall three-pack thoughts and what you've got to say about this three-pack. This is a long fucking three-pack. It felt longer than the first three-pack. Mostly because each episode was fucking heavy and felt longer than they needed to be. And there's a lot of stuff covered, and it all just seems really bad for our heroes for the most part. Like Dawson, uh, Mitch, he, Mitch died. His mom's a wreck, and he really can't process any of it until like fucking weeks later, right? Pacey, while there's really nothing bad terribly happening to him, he's put in this situation that he doesn't want to be in. Jen, you know, Charlie Michael Murray cheating on her and her and jack are in a rough spot because of the frat jack no longer has toby because he broke up with her and his relationship with jen has been suffering joey she's trying to keep it together but she's just overthinking everything and then she's get blames for mitch's death not sincerely though don't overblow that she obviously loves dawson but Dawson doesn't know if he's going to be able to. And I, while I understand the necessity for this three-pack, I hope we're able to get back more to the general feel that the first three-pack of this season five had to offer. It was much more fun. Well, let's find out what you think is going to happen in the next three episodes uh, with your predictions. Beginning with episode seven, text, lies, and videotape. Well, I mean, obviously we're getting back into hashtag cell phone chat because someone is texting someone or sexting someone. There's some video footage of people getting down. Maybe Dawson's filming. I don't know. Is it the return of the Tamara Jacobs tape? I doubt. I doubt. (laughs) Uh, I I think that just by this name of this episode, it excites me that we're going to be getting back to more of a fun Dawson's Creek, which we haven't really had throughout four seasons. Hoping that this Mitch's Dead 3-pack is all we have to deal with of that sort of heaviness for this season. I would like a lighter Dawson's Creek. Okay, well, let's make this easy because I feel like you just end up loading the third one anyway. I'm just going to give you all three of them and you just guess. Text Lies and Videotape, Episode 8, Hotel New Hampshire, and Episode 9, Four Scary Stories. All right, so Episode New Hampshire, obligatory. We're getting the obligatory road trip episode for Season 5. Where who's going? Who's going on a road trip? Dude, I don't even know who's going on a road trip. I feel like it's got to be Dawson. I was going to say, who needs a road trip? But because, who's going with him? Hmm. Well, I would like to see Jen and maybe him and Jen get their hotel down. Oh, really? And, and uh, but I don't necessarily know if I see that happening. I got to say, though, and I made a point of pointing it out throughout these episodes, the interactions they had were some of the best that Dawson had with anybody. And he said she was looking smoking hot at one point in one of these episodes. And she was like, oh, baby, thank you. I'll take that compliment. Like That is true. In the sea of all of this, there's been one person that has been at least a net neutral in terms of affecting Dawson's mood, and if anything, a net positive, and that's Jed Lindley. So I think it is a fair guess to make. Very interesting, though. Very interesting. Is anyone else going on a different road trip in the opposite direction? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> of course, this will be the episode that happens. So what's you? What's Joey and Audrey and all that gang doing? If <sighs> they gotta be doing something, I feel what? like Joey and Audrey are gonna be bonding a lot over this three pack. It's gonna be a bonding session for their friendship. So I throw into the mix then four scary stories and okay. what might happen. So in that's there. definitely gonna be one of those episodes in the Dawson's Creek lore where. Um, they try to get scary with it, and it's going to be it's affecting like our, our four different heroes. Well, that so there's the question. What's the breakdown of who's paired off with who in those four scary stories? Do they all interweave with each other, or are they all separate? Hmm, that's a good question. I would say it'd be more interesting if they all somehow interweave, because it would be a more fun way to figure it out and just like experience it as opposed to just four individual stories but when they say it's four scary stories i want to say it's individuals individually scary to the individual so you can catch all of our new episodes on apple podcasts on spotify and of course at 50 randyquades.com you can follow us at 50 Randy Quids on Twitter, and you can like us on Facebook, although I recommend just burning both of those things to the fucking ground. Just go to 50randyquids.com and keep Spotify. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, once again, that we love you deeply and dearly LOL. and forever. L-O-L. Give it, get it, got it. Good. Uh, and until next time, we, we be, be creeping! creeping.